Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Dana Malstaff of Boss Mom. She's a mother, author, business owner, content strategist, coach, podcaster, and blind spot reducer. Dana is a big deal. We've known Dana for a while now, but she has been guiding moms all over the internet for a while and helping them nurture their businesses and figure out this whole game of growing an empire while growing a family. Yeah, we're going to cover a lot today that you guys have asked us over and over again, but we haven't quite felt equipped to answer. So we brought on Dana to cover the good stuff, like how the heck do you handle mom guilt and business guilt? Can you actually build an empire with little ones at home? What's this whole myth of balance and what can we kind of reframe our mindset around instead in order to make sure that we're being awesome parents and awesome business owners and awesome people in general. Just some really great tactical items that you guys are going to walk away from to really let go of that guilt, really kind of reframe your focus around what you're doing in parenthood and business ownership. And I think you guys are going to find this one Hello, everybody. We are here with our boss mom friend, Dana Malstaff. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, ladies. This is so much fun. We are, I'm super, super, super pumped to get to chat with you again, like over a year ago, a year ago now. Anyways, a lot of episodes ago on your (laughs) podcast, you had me come on. It's actually episode 77, which this is episode 77. So it's kind of like weird universal stuff going on today. But Dana interviewed me when I was in the process of still being an almost mom. So I talk about like, waiting to get the call for adoption and some of our infertility struggles and like what that was like kind of existing in the world of kind of sort of identifying as a mom. Definitely not because I didn't have a kid yet. And all of those like weird emotions and processes that I was going through. So if you guys want to hear more about that, definitely go check out that episode. But today we're on the other side of this fence now. I'm officially a mom. I talk about all the time. So if you guys don't know yet, I'd be surprised. Penelope came into our life in January of 2017 and she's a rock star. So we get asked all the time, okay, how do you guys balance your business with a new baby? And what are your tips on working with a newborn and working from home and like struggling the guilt? And do you have a nanny? Like literally all the things. And I'm a pretty open book when it comes to that and letting them know that we do have care and that my partner was able to be home for 16 weeks and we have a lot of support. But I know a lot of people don't have that. And I still don't really feel like we're in the proper space to be giving people guidance on this kind of stuff because, I mean, obviously, we're all still learning. 
But so you're here, you are boss mom, you have built an amazing business around helping other women navigate through this world. So I would love to like, just let's get it out. And like, let's just touch on it already. The idea of especially as creative entrepreneurs that we have such strong mom guilt, but also such strong business guilt. And how do we kind of handle that? And how do we still live a life in both of those aspects dealing with those guilts? Yeah, sure. Well, first, I definitely tell everybody like there's no such thing as balance. And generally, no, yeah, we hate that look, word. Yeah, if, if, if it looks like somebody's got their stuff together, odds are they do that day, but the next day they don't, <laughs> right? Like everybody, no matter how successful you are, how great it looks, or how be- good your Instagram feed is, like we all go on a roller coaster of emotions, yeah. right? Especially once you become an entrepreneur and a parent, the reason why it's such funny correlations is people look at kids and they go, oh my gosh, they're happy, they're sad, they're you know, angry, they're hurt. They're like, they go through a range of emotions every single day. And then you begin to realize as a parent and entrepreneur, you're like, I do that too. (laughs) Like somebody says something awesome and I'm so excited and my kid's adorable. And then the next moment I'm miserable and something horrible is happening and I'm questioning my decision. So this idea of balance is just such a funny one because to me, it sounds like way more effort than it has to be. Mm -hmm. To me, guilt goes away when we become confident in our decisions, right? So it isn't that I'm doing it right as a parent or right as an entrepreneur, right? It isn't that my kid is perfect. Like I'm in total competition with my brother all the time because (laughs) his kid is like a year younger than my son and he's uber smart and they're both like intellectual, you know, professors. And I'm like, but my son can climb like, uh, you know, (laughs) climb at the park and your son can't, even though your son can like spell already. And he's, yeah, and it's such a ridiculous competition, but But the idea is, is that, you know, I believe that we become, we stop feeling bad when we just feel good about our decisions and that's for anything. But I think in parenting and business, that's the problem we have is that we come home and this is what we do. We go, gosh, should I be not working? I shouldn't answer that email. I should hang out with my kid. Oh my gosh, should I, you know, I, my kid goes to sleep and I really want them to nap, take a long nap so I can have this meeting or, oh my gosh, like my kid is running around without their pants on. Like, am I supposed to let my kid do that? And like, oh, my kid's eating on the couch. That's probably a bad decision. Right. And so what we do is we just question ourselves all the time. And that's where guilt comes from because guilt is going to be there when you don't know what the answer is, when there's uncertainty, right? A lot of people tell me, they're like, I feel so bad in my business. And when we talk about it, it ends up being that they don't know how much money they want to make or what they want to spend their money. And I'm like, well, that's it. You just don't have decision confidence. Like if you knew what you needed and what you wanted, then you would go out and just, and either get it or go, I'm not there yet and figure that out. And you wouldn't, uncertainty breeds guilt. So that's the first thing we talk about is like, let's talk about what kind of parent you want to be. Like what kind of entrepreneur do you want to be? Like I'm of the person that says I don't turn my stuff off. Like I mm-hmm. pick particular times, like in the morning is totally my kid's time. But if they're, you know, eating their yogurt, I'm going to go check, you know, hop on and check something on Facebook for 10 seconds or something like that. I don't feel bad about that. I no. know people that go and say, no, absolutely not. I turn it off because I know my brain works that way. And I'll just, I can't stop thinking about it. So I have this time is specific and this time is specific. And those are just decisions we make. We realize who we are and how our brain works. And and I have a bunch of tactics I can absolutely share that are like more tactical. Um, but, But the ultimate thing is like the more confident you are in what you're doing and the decisions you're making, the less guilt there is. So the idea is every single morning I'm assessing, 
okay, what do I want? Like, what do I want to accomplish today? What's important to me today? Like, what what do I need today? And am I doing the things in my day that's going to get me that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my gosh, my daughter's being really adorable. You know what? It would make, it would feel really good to me to make some more space for her. So I'm going to just check my meat. And you know what? I'm going to take them to school 30 minutes later today. And I feel really great about that. And then when they're at school, even though she was cute this morning, I don't feel bad because I made a conscious decision that we hang out a little bit longer and now I'm going to get to work and do, do what I do. So I think, I think balance just like unjustly puts us in a stress mode because it it, it almost says that it constantly requires us to question our decisions Mm -hmm. because balance is so perfectly laid out on both sides and you don't know how to know when you're doing things equally because life doesn't work like that. So balance in some ways like breeds guilt as opposed to just saying, hey, I'm just going to be conscious about my decisions and really think hard and spend time figuring out what I want, what I don't want. I call them your dream makers and your deal breakers. Like Mm -hmm. figure those things out and map out and have your family be really clear on what's important to you and your business and your family and your home. And, you know, we do, we break it out into three, which is like your environmental, your financial and your emotional goals. Like, what do you want that to look like? And then every day you just say, where, where am I at with that? How am I feeling in my gut? Do I need more time with my kids? Or no, I'm in the middle of the launch and they're going to get their butts to school because mama's got to make some money today, you know, and that's, and so I wake up and when that greets, that guilt starts creeping in, I just go, okay, what decision am I not confident about that's causing this for me? And to me, it's all about that. It's all the more decisive I can be because I've thought it through the less guilt there is. Well, how do you even get in that mindset? I can't even imagine like that just seems so like ideal. Like, I'm just going to, like, wake up and I'm going to be so in tune with myself that the kid is screaming at me and I'm just going to be like, you know what? She is awesome. And I'm going to spend time with No, 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 no. Don't be mistaken. That's not how it goes down at all. At all. Um, I actually accidentally called a friend. Like, my my daughter had my phone and she called Uh a friend while I was yelling at her. And my my friend who has a six month old, she messaged me back, sent me the audio and was like, this made my day. This is awesome. This is so awesome. No, no, not at all. Here's the thing though. I make a conscious decision sometimes to yell at my kids. I, sometimes it's a completely unconscious decision that's just born out of rage and anger (laughs) that my kids aren't doing what I want or my business isn't doing what I want. For me though, the guilt goes, okay. I totally was just mean to my kids, like unnecessarily mean to my children. And I'm going to just take a step back. And and here's the thing. I'll be totally like woman with you. Sometimes I'm like, hmm, let me just look at what day it is and what time uh-huh. of month it is, yeah. right? Because I have very- Why am I a crying basket of tears in the bathroom? Yeah. And and I asked the other question, which is like, okay, is it my kids or is it me or is it something else? Like it's something Mm -hmm. in business that's bothering me. Like someone, I sent a cease and desist and they sent something really mean back and now I'm being mean to my kids, which has totally happened. You know, so so no, I mean, I'm, there are, I would say like it's an 80-20 rule. 80% of my life, I'm able to like manage pretty well. Like I'm able to like- be conscious about my decisions. And I do have a lot of decision confidence. And I'd like to impart that on other people as well. And 20% of the time, I'm a raging lunatic. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm crying on the floor and I'm yelling at my kids and threatening to lock them in a closet and telling them if they don't do what I say, they don't get to eat for a week. And like, <laughs> yes. yeah, all yeah. of those things happen. Yeah. And yeah. I just think that the like bounce back from that is <laughs> one, your kids are very resilient. And three minutes later, they forgot that you were mean That's to them. the only line I've been able to like live <laughs> off of the last four months is they're resilient. She's fine. She will. For- it's fine. <laughs> Yeah, she I don't actually remember anything. Well, and one, one would argue, one one would argue that for your kid to live in a perfect world where there's no adversity, there's no challenge, there's no, you know, it's just happy emotions, really mm-hmm. sets them up to fail. <laughs> Absolutely. That's not how life is. I think a little crazy mom every once in a while balances out the universe. Well, I think I really like what you said in the sense of obviously I'm new to being a mom and not as new as being a business owner, but we teach our people all the time. Okay. What do you really want in your business? And what's the goal and what type of business you want to have and what type of lifestyle you have? I have literally never had that conversation with myself about being a mom or being a parent. Like literally what type of mom do I want to be? What type of lifestyle do we want to have? What type of teachings, what type of whatever, like some of the surface level stuff comes up, but I've never just sat down and truly like, what is that ultimate goal for myself and for her and checking in with myself every day of, am I still like online with that goal? And is this sacrifice or this choice for deciding to spend more time with her, deciding to spend more time with my business still in line with all of that stuff. So I like that. Yeah. And uh, Brene Brown has like a massively popular TED talk. I think it's like one of the most popular TED talks about vulnerability, I think is maybe the topic. Mm -hmm. But what she mentions in that is through all the studying, like the one thing that showed that people were willing to be vulnerable and take risks, which is really important to being successful, was that they felt that they were worthy of love. So for me, when I was planning out like what kind of parent I wanted to be, I knew that the the, the two things I wanted to make sure I, I had for my kids was one, they knew without doubt that they were worthy of being loved, so that they were willing to receive and give love. And then the other one was the resilience part, which is like, how do I help my kids be able to bounce back when things don't work? And a lot of that for me comes into, okay, I got to get, I got to train myself how to do that. Like the loving my kids, that part's easy, like most of the time. And even when I'm mad with them, I love them, you know, after the fact. (laughs) Anyway, I can love you tomorrow. But the the other part, I don't know. The other part I didn't know, like the, how do I create a resilient kid? I had, that's where I went. Okay. That one I got to study up on. So to me, instead of going, instead of going in and, and I do this in business too, it's like, instead of going in and just saying, okay, I'm, you know, I need to potty train my kids and they're never going to eat on the couch. I say to eat on the couch. Cause I totally let my kids eat on the couch and it pisses my husband off. He's like, stop letting them eat on the couch. But you know, so I, instead of being like task oriented, and I think this is really important to business success too. Instead of being task oriented with my kids about what I will and won't do, my goals are based around like, what kind of children do I want to raise? And so I want to raise children that are, because I think resilience has to do with curiosity, mm-hmm. flexibility, and creativity, right? So then what do I do? Like with my kids, I, I took a lot of classes and got some parenting coaching and those kinds of things and read books so that I can go, okay, what kind of questions do I ask my kid? Like, how do I cultivate curiosity and creativity in my kid? Like when something doesn't go the way they want, instead of just fixing it for them, how do I elicit them to te- like to understand how they could fix it themselves? How do I create that kind of environment? Because I believe that's how resilience best presents itself. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's stuff I'm constantly learning. But since I know that's what's important to me, I don't worry about that my son didn't really potty train till three and a half. I mean, I worried about it, but I get over it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't worry that my kids sometimes eat out of plastic and, you know, and that we get McDonald's every once in a while. Like, they just do those things. And some people aren't okay with that. And I'm totally okay with that because I know I'm building Mm -hmm. my kids the way I want to, which is why you have kids because you get to like impose your will upon them. Yeah, I'll make you what I want. Exactly. Out of a super jealous place, uh, or not jealous, but like, because I want to know, and I don't have kids. For those of you who don't know, I have fur kids. I don't have children of my own yet. And so I'm like soaking all this knowledge in, but also scared shitless. So if you don't have children, this is like very scary shit. (laughs) So I want to know, and if... I'm not sure. Did you start your business pre-kids? The same 24 hours. I literally quit my job on New Year's Eve. Everybody got me drunk and I got pregnant. (laughs) Okay. So you had at least least nine months to build your business before the kid popped out, right? Yeah, but you're talking about like first pregnancy, morning sickness. Like there's actually like more scared feeling like fear while you're pregnant with your first baby. Then after you've had them, I feel like. Well, yeah. So I want to yes. talk about that. Okay. So like, I want to talk about how do you go through, because there's a lot of transitions that happen. I mean, adoption was like the craziest thing ever because we were in this constant mode of, well, literally a baby could show up any day of the week. Like, like literally stork style, like on my doorstep. So we were like, okay, so we just kind of have to be in constant prepared mode Mm -hmm. all the time for like nearly a year, which was exhausting, by the way. So if someone does it, you know, the like grow a baby style, (laughs) how, how how do you get your business prepared for A, like working while you're pregnant and then B, like, after you have the baby, did you take time off? How did you transition your business? How did you start making time for the baby and, you know, still working? Because I feel like those first couple months are the craziest, but I'm curious about the nine months leading up to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. So it's so funny. I've like, I have an outline of an article I've been meaning to write forever about how I plan my business around my menstrual cycle. (laughs) And yes, I think you yes. should too. And I think that there's like I literally have like a three or four day window. It was last week when this when we before we recorded this, and I went to my friend Dawn's house, and we spent like an entire day mapping out this whole funnel, this whole thing we were gonna do. We were like massively productive because I knew it was in this like period of time where I'm massively productive. Because mm-hmm. yesterday I hit that like I need to watch a rom com and I don't want to do anything mm-hmm. right. So I I know my emotional cycles from month month to month basis. And I think that when you're pregnant, that's the same thing is there are absolute cycles like your first three months, you're only going to get half of the amount of work done because you're going to not feel great. You're going to be more tired. Like the first three months of being pregnant is when you're physically building a child. Like someone will say, but Dana, I, I used to work eight hours a day. And I was like, you did. You just built an arm or like a lung. <laughs> 
Like seriously, like it's in there. You may not be able to see it, but it's happening. That baby is being made. And so, so that you're tired, you know, and you don't, and you just can't focus as much, you know, in that, but then between for like three or four months and seven ish months, you're like a powerhouse, like, get, like plan your stuff, plan your creation, plan your things going on. Now there's a small percentage of people that, that are obviously going to have other kinds of complications and those are hard to, to make. but if you're going to have a relatively healthy, you know, just your regular kind of crappy pregnancy then it's gonna be (laughs) then you have this really good this really good space where you're not big enough to be massively uncomfortable you actually feel super productive you're finished making the baby's parts and the baby's just getting bigger and so you're eating a lot more and you know all that kind of stuff so it's like do all your planning to get stuff done then because when you hit seven months on you're uncomfortable you can't sit down all the time you start to get that fuzzy like brain thing where once again you're only about half as productive because you're all your hormones are coursing to like make this baby function and work and make it a boy and make it a girl and make it like all those things and so you know you plan that at the very end if you've had like a really really like normal, normal textbook pregnancy, at the very end, you're going to have half of your time wishing the baby would just freaking get out of you. And then the other half being like, what can I clean? Because I just like, I have to do something and I have to do something. And so for me, it was like, I was able to work a lot during that time, which was great. So there's an absolute cycle. And if you ignore the cycle, then you're, you're going to get really stressed out. Because if you think you're going to work full time at the beginning of the end, you're not. It's not going to happen. And then, and then the other thing too is like I the urgent and important grid that people have used like in corporate America, and it's it's way back in the day. I I urge everybody we talk about it in the first boss mom book to do that for like your entire life. So talk about all the things that you have on your plate currently in your business and in your life and plot them out as what are you doing right now on a day-to-day basis that you're doing that's like urgent but not important that is the urgent and important that's the not urgent but not important and not urgent but important and the real strategy planning is obviously the not urgent but important mm-hmm. side but we spend most of our time in the urgent and not important time. That's, those are like the fires of things going on. So I plot that out, which isn't an uncommon practice, but then I say, get a highlighter and highlight the things that you actually really enjoy doing. And, and the things that in different colors of grades of like the green, yellow, red, or pink or whatever, that is all the way down to the stuff you don't like doing. So the spectrum, and then look at the things you don't like doing. And, and while you're going into the pregnancy, figure out how can I find resources to take these things off my plate? So the next step is you do the assessment and then you say, all right, like what kind of funds do I need to be able to like Mm -hmm. have people help me? And that may be somebody helping you at home with groceries or cleaning or things like that. Or it may be VAs for work. It may be somebody to like take something off your plate from a content standpoint, but that, that assessment of what support am I going to need and then figure out, am I going to need more of it at towards the end and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of, I mean, it's good good planning. And then once you've had the baby, if it's your first baby, plan for a good three months mm-hmm. of maybe, maybe two hours a, a day of work max. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would say that's about accurate. Yeah. Your hormone, you're still course in hormones. Like husbands oftentimes think that you had the baby, so it must just be fine. And you went back to normal because, because you had the baby already. Mm-mm. It's like a whole year of hormones before yeah. like that. Even without cool. giving birth to a baby, if you're adopting or fostering or whatever, those first, like your entire life just changed. Like you're having to care for another human and remember to maybe shower once in three months and that you have a partner and other people in your life. It is a shitstorm. 
<laughs> it's, a little, it's a little bit of survival mode, but it's mm-hmm. also like beautiful moments, you know, of like baby oh, yeah. looking at you and laughing. And then you're like, why did I do this to myself? And then you're like, oh, you're yeah. horrible. And then you're like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> our lives are never the same. So it's total back and forth, but just like a lot like owning yeah. your own business. Like every yeah. every single month, almost like all of my friends are like, I'm going to go get a job. That sounds way easier than what I'm doing right now, right? And half mm-hmm. the time, like I, I honestly believe that if any parent that comes and says there's nev- they've never once in the entire life of being a, pe- a parent thought, oh, life would be easier if I wasn't a parent. But it's a fleeting moment. It's a fleeting moment yeah. because then you look at your kid and you're like, oh, wait, that's why I did it. Like all the good stuff yeah. is hard. All of these yeah. reasons. Two hours, two hours a day for the first three months because that's mm-hmm. really hard. And then it'll get easier, I promise, over time. And then it gets really fun and really awesome. And then they become teenagers and it's a whole different kind of hard. <laughs> and then once you have your second baby, the second one is like a breeze. Like unless you have some kind of unforeseen complication, it's like a breeze. Like me and everybody else who's had a second baby, like two weeks in, we're working. And that's phenomenal. Yeah, that's, once you- that's really good to hear. But I'm also like, I'm wondering, since there's two of us, does the second baby count as me having a baby? <laughs> Maybe for our business, but not for you. No, <laughs> I think hilarious. I'll be a hot mess. I mean, here's yeah. the thing I'll tell you too. It's just hard. It's it's all hard. All the good things are hard. So, and, hard. and if you think too much, just like entrepreneurialism or starting a course, like you guys teach people like creating your courses or your programs, like if you think there's a good strategy, but at some point, if you think too much about it, it's too scary to do anything, right? Because there's too many, like I said, unknowns and the unknowns make you make us scared. So at some point you just have to say, I know what I know. And I know I'd like to be a parent or I'd like to start a business. And I'm just going to close my eyes and I'm going to jump off that cliff. And I'm just going to have made sure I got some support around me so that when I fall to the ground and I'm a beat up a little bit, that I can get Mm -hmm. myself back up and and it's going to, and know that it's going to, I'm going to be better for it yeah well as a little bit of an outsider I have to say you you do the best you can you prepare as much as you can and then you just pray to God that it doesn't all (laughs) fall apart in the process but honestly I've been so shocked at like you know Penelope's been really like the as close to the perfect child as possible oh yeah she is like the easiest baby and but that said, I've witnessed how quickly she changes and her mood changes and what she needs changes. And so I I mean, I can only imagine when it's like, literally in your house, like I get to hang up the phone <laughs> and have a silence. She's like, Oh, your baby's crying. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I mean, uh, props to all you parents out there. I my heart goes out to you. I well, I want to talk about a post that I read. It was literally right before Penelope was born. It was a couple weeks before I was browsing Facebook and there's this group that I'm in where there's other moms included and they own their own businesses. And there was a thread started and it was something along the lines of like, is it truly a myth that you can build an empire, like, you know, a multiple six figure, possibly million dollar business, your own business and be a parent to young children? Or is this something that you have to put off until your kids are a certain age, they're older, they're in high school, they're in college, whatever, and then you can focus on that. And I read the question and I was like, this is what I've been asking myself for the past six months, because we have our business goals and we're, you know, chugging along this train, is it all going to just get stalled to a halt 
for like a decade until I can kind of wrap my head around this. And so I was reading all of the comments and nine times out of 10, I don't even know if there was one no. Every single mom who was a business owner was like, yeah, it's a myth. Like, yeah, we're waiting. Yeah, like I can't expect to have a million dollar business with a baby or multiple babies. Yeah, I feel like if anyone can prove this myth wrong, it's you. Yes, I called her Abby sobbing. Like, are we done? Like, is this over? So I want you to correct that myth. I feel like a lot of people believe that myth. And I just read it less than five months ago. So WTF. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. 
No, I think that's ridiculous. Uh, here's the thing. This is this is what I'll say that's like the real, the, like, because I can be like, you can do it. You're amazing. We're women. We can do anything. But that doesn't help anybody. Because if you no. really honestly think you can't do it, then they're going to, and you need to wait, then they're going to wait. But this is no. what I'll tell you. For the same reason they say that your kids need a routine, right? You need a bedtime routine and you need a morning routine and you need to discipline them early so that they're not running around rampant at a, you know, at a restaurant. And the sooner you do it, the sooner they'll fall in line with the way you want them to live their life and they'll learn those things. That's the same thing about you spending time in your own business, right? You teaching them early. And this is how I say it Mm -hmm. is that my son's like, Oh, mommy, you've got to go to work. So I have to go to school. And I say, yeah, honey, mommy has to help people today. And you go to school to learn how to help people. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't phrase it like, Oh, I'm going to work. I'm just going to abandon you for a while. And I'm going to go to work. (laughs) I'm going, look, at some point you'll get to do what I do at some point, but they're going to teach you in school how to do things I'm doing, which is I've prefaced it like being helpful to people is like how I like to talk about work. And so you you have to train your kids early. NJ, uh, who co-hosts the podcast with me, she talks about this really well, which is like you train them to understand that you're doing something important, that they're important. But I, I honestly believe that your kids shouldn't be the center of your universe. Like that's not like it's hard not to because you love them so much. But no, you're not the center. Mm-hmm. Mom's got other things I'm going to do, and they're important mm-hmm. to me. And like I was saying with the decision confidence, it's my choice. My kids go to school, and I absolutely love it. I get eight hours a day, and if I want, I take the time off. Like right now, I no longer have meetings on Mondays and Fridays, so I'm like shortening my week and really like as much as I want. Right as I'm growing the business. And I love that my kids go to school. They're better, way better teachers than I am at that school. And there is no question when my kids home come home that they know I love them and that I love, you know, that they love me and that we connect and that I'm their mom and I'm here for them and I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you have to be with somebody 24 hours a day for them to understand that and to really feel that. Well, and I think a lot of people in regards to your kids going to school and working from home, like, I got sent to school or daycare because my mom worked outside the home. She had to have a job so we could eat Mm -hmm. and she was a single mom. That's what she did. She never got flack for that. But I feel like women who own their own business and work from home are like, oh, my kids can stay home and I can do this. I'm not saying that you can't. It's going to look different for everybody. But like I have a job that I like to be working for eight hours during the day. So she needs to be somewhere else. No, and you you make a great point. It is harder to grow like an empire if your kids are at home and they're younger and there's no daycare, there's no anything right now you can build amazing systems, amazing passive income and all that. And that's what you should do. Like as a parent, I think like none of us should build businesses that are time for money. We should all work to scale. I know you guys teach a lot of that in a lot of your courses and that, I mean, that's true. So, so there's, it's totally possible that it's not, it's not possible if you're not doing it the right way, which is why like get it, get hang. If you're hanging out with people that make you feel guilty that you want your kids to go to school, even though you're still at home doing work, hang out with different people, right? Mm-hmm. If you if you, if you like want to send your kids to daycare and you want to figure out how to build passive income, hire a coach that's going to teach you how to do it. 
Like you yeah. guys, you need support. You're right. You can't do anything alone. It's not going to work alone. And you sitting around like wondering what you can do and what you can't do and believing all these random, I call, I call them, it's like a circle of influence. We're going to be doing a, um, and I'm actually like have a prep, like a book. We're going to write about this and your circles of influences. I've done this with clients before. I'm like, I want you to draw a series of circles, right? And I want to take everybody that you know and really are close with. And in the center, they're the people that get like everything you say. And we kind of do quadrants where it's like family and work and, you know, my hobbies and that kind of thing. And I want you to put them in the circle of like, how, how do they get you in that space and, and pull out. Right. And when you go to somebody for advice on parenting, I want you to look at that circle. How far, how close are they to the center? Like if you're going to your mom, cause she's your mom, but you're asking her about whether you should spend money on this coach. And she looks at you and she goes, why would you spend money on that coach? And you look at that circle and she's at the far outside. That's because your mom's not the right person to ask. Right. <laughs> Stop yeah. asking the wrong people for advice that they're going to give you an answer you don't want and then feel bad about what you want to do. Go find people who get it in that space in your life and hang out with those people and you won't feel guilty. You won't feel guilty about not having kids at all or having one kid or having 10 kids or homeschooling your kids mm-hmm. or sending them to school or keeping them home or including pictures of them on your Instagram or not including pictures of them on your Instagram. Like we all do it different. Find the people that don't think you're different is weird. Hang out with uh-huh. those people and you won't feel so bad about it. And then anything is possible. What a novel idea. Uh, well, I have to say either if you are in our community or Dana's or both, yeah, I feel like you're not going to be judged for your weird. So just know uh-huh. that you're welcome, regardless of how you raise your children or run your business, we'll, we'll cheer you on and give you as much guidance as we can. But I will say, if you do want to run your empire from home, I have seen the difference in productivity with Emily with a young baby in the house and, and a husband and a, and a husband that was like on paternity leave and Emily with a nanny where she actually went to drop off her child and she had alone time and I'm like holy moly <laughs> new person I got uh-huh. Emily back she is like easily 45 times as productive as she was before and And she might even be more productive (laughs) than she was pre-baby because she just knows she has to fit it all in so i i mean i think make what works for y'all like this and know what's gonna make you feel better yeah. And some people run their families like a business. Like that's our, our most popular boss mom episode is when NJ and talk about running your family like a business. Interestingly, I think partially because NJ does run her family like a business and I am like a party house. Like I want to build tents with my kids and have fun. And it actually is like, I have to work to discipline and I don't like regiment because I'm not a, like not a routine person. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, I think the juxtaposition of the, our styles, but I know, I know some people on my team have four babies at home. Like Danielle, oh my gosh, she, like she's got tons of babies, and he, yeah, more babies than I would ever have. She's tons of babies, and she totally works. She manages mm-hmm. to work at like the most random times. She's productive at the most random times, and I think most of her kids are at home. It works. For yeah, her. I could never do that. I could never yeah. do that. So know who that's you are and what works. Absolutely. Well, and that's the thing that I had to kind of like let go at least for those first three months because I knew that life was going to look different. We weren't in a routine yet. I didn't know my happy place yet. 
And I remember pre-baby, like, I don't work nights and weekends. And, like, I don't check my email at 8 p.m. And I would never be caught dead writing a blog post at 11 p.m. But then all of a sudden, like, that was my reality for a couple months because I wanted to get stuff out and I wanted to be working. And those are my only windows of opportunities. And so I kind of battled with myself of, like, but I, like, tell people that I don't work during these odd hours, but I want to right now. So I think it's just, like, letting some of that go and deciding and knowing that that is going to like pivot and change so much in those first couple months you like I had no clue what a routine was for a while and I think you're building your own business no matter what if you wanted to find like you have a hard stop at 5 p.m do that but also give yourself some grace if you want to change that yeah it's so funny too because from a business standpoint I'm like a crazy crazy systems automation person right yeah and from my home side which is funny because I'm like, I like variety, but I'm all about systems, you know, in my business. But at home, I was never creating systems. And when I finally sat down and someone had made the comment to me, they're like, why are you like, why do you think about those differently? Like, if you like systems and you like what it does for you in your business, why wouldn't you do that at home? And I was like, oh, that was wise. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're smart. Huh? Darn it, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and when I started, like, I literally went in and I started, I've started creating systems just over the last six months in my home in a much mm-hmm. more methodical methodical way. And it, and it really has like, it's worked out really well. So it's even the things that, yeah, the things that you like push yourself up against that you're like, Mm -hmm. Oh no, I'm going to be the fun mom. And then, and then you're like, wait a second, that's actually more stressful for me. Like in my situation, like, okay, I'm going to create some systems. I'm not going to go too crazy, but I'm going to, you know, we're going to just tiptoe. We're going to try one thing, Mm -hmm. one thing at a time and see what, see what. And I found with the implementing systems at home, it's sometimes hard because like I'm a digital, like only person. Like if I could have every, all my plans, all my to-do lists, all my everything in digital format, that's how I would function. But my husband would literally never get anything done if he had to look at a to-do list on his phone or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I've had to translate a lot of our systems into paper form or like, you know, this is the shelf for this or this is the location for this. And I mean, we have, you know, on the weekends, we have a to-do list that we both share and we write down who does what. And, it, you know, for us, it works. Is that something I would do in my business? No, I would never, ever write a to-do list on paper that said Emily and Abigail and like send her a screenshot and say, do your shit. Like that's not what would work in our business, but that's what works at home. And it's definitely, it functions like, you know, like a, a machine sort of. That's funny. We do that, but it's usually on like the back of an envelope. Yeah, like that's what we do. We like pull like the stack of mail. And we're like, okay, we need to go to Home Depot. We need to, what are we doing? Yeah. And then my, my husband's like, mine are all like, like tasks. Like this is how I break down projects. It's like, okay, we're going to go in and I'm going to like do this one thing. It's all one task. And my husband's like, I'm going to, you know, cl- fix the car. I'm going to clean the house. Like I'm going to read a book. <laughs> I'm like, those are projects. No. Those aren't, those aren't tasks. <laughs> no. No, I have to make it. a list for both of us. That's too cool. No, Brian's like, this is our house. Welcome to your house. What needs done? Oh my, Fine. that's hilarious. We don't do that. Yeah, my husband's actually way more of a go-getter than I am from a, like a, yeah. like in my business, I'm a go-getter, but at home, I'm not. So oh, my no, husband's like the yeah. list. 
Yeah, he, I'm like, but I, and they're like, stop letting the kids watch TV. I'm like, but I want to watch the Octonauts. But I'm watching it. Can we go get ice cream again? I know. That's what I love ice cream. What do you mean my kids can't have ice cream every night? Gosh, I'll just go. They're fine here. Let's get a sitter so I can go get ice cream. (laughs) Okay. I want to talk about one more thing before we head into a talk strategy. So I think going along with that same idea of building an empire and having kids and like finding how your jam works, I want to talk about how and is it possible to have truly more than one identity and how do you shift from mom, friend, yourself, your old self, your new self, business partner, partner in marriage or life? How, what are some of your best tactics to kind of like either do you literally turn off that hat at different times during the day? Are there different zones where like only business conversations are had here? Do you structure that at all in your life and business? Well, I only believe in one identity. So I'll say that like I don't, I don't identify interestingly, like I'm Dana. Like I don't, like if somebody asked me, like I, I wouldn't want to like, cause then I sit there and go, God, am I mom first? Am I, business owner first and my mother and my daughter first and my wife first. Like I'm, I'm me. Like I am all those things simultaneously. It's one of those like, like I am sort of things that I believe. Cause if I start to, it's with that same balance thing. If I start to try and say which one's more important, cause sometimes my business is more important than my kids. And that's mm-hmm. just a flat out honesty. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I have a situation where it's like, hey, hubby, like I don't care if like unless my son's going to the hospital, if he comes home with a fever, mm-hmm. I'm doing this webinar and someone you got to figure it out. Right. And, yeah. and so those are those times. So I don't like I just believe in one identity and I and I search for for me, like personally, when I'm thinking through what I want, I search for the things that I want that that cross multiple planes of the roles that I fill, because I think motherhood and being a wife and being a daughter and being a friend like those are roles those are not my identity those are roles and and as a role I it interacts with other people so the way I approach it is from like a there's a, a tool called appreciative inquiry which is how do you create positive environments where you're asking positive questions to really understand people more and, and understand an environment and the way a process should work better and and so I ask a lot of questions like with my husband it's like do you want me to not be on my phone like what what, when do you feel happy when we're together? And one of the most frustrating parts when we're together. And so, yeah, we've had dates where I leave my phone at home, you know, we've had, and I, but I also explained to him, like, look, you come home because social media is not a part of your business, but social media is a part of my business. So the five minutes I just spent answering this little question turned into a call that made me five grand. So you just need to understand. So to me, communication is everything. Like the identity that I have is me and I'm constantly seeking like me wanting to dance and sing in the shower and do our karaoke stuff and like me being quirky me and the things that I'm that I'm are all fill all of my roles I'm constantly asking those people right and I'm con- and even like kids that can't talk yet you know you got a 5 month old you're mm-hmm. still asking them you're like I'm going to try mm-hmm. new things like does this work for you does this work for you which is the constant state of testing and so the communication of me asking that like how can I be a better mom how can I be a better wife and and how can I be a better friend I ask them like, how could I do better or what's working really well that makes you feel loved? And then the five love languages, like my Bible, 
Because if I can help other people feel valued in a way that they truly receive value, then, then those relationships are stronger and they're stronger enough for them to tell me when I'm doing something that isn't sitting well. And that line of communication just helps me navigate my roles so that I have the space to really search out my identity as I grow. I love that. That was awesome. Thank you so much, Dana. (laughs) Let's go into talk strategy to me. And uh, instead of, you know, going backwards, which we just listened to the whole episode all over again, I'm going to actually ask you a new question. I want you to give us three to five action steps that someone can take to lift other moms up, other boss moms. How can they help other people feel a little more included, have a little less guilt, have a little more, you know, like they're a part of a community. How can they support one another? Sure. Okay. So first, this is interesting because it's a little more introspective than than going out, but I think there needs to be some inner some inner reflection before you could be helpful outward. Like my my dad used to always say justice over charity. So like you have to care for yourself first before you can give, because if your cup is empty, then you're not going to be a very good giver, right? So I honestly think what I tell people to do is number one, think really hard what your gift is. Like where can you be really, really helpful? Because going out and just telling other moms it's hard and, you know, I did it this way, but I don't judge you if you do it that way. Like that can be really great and helpful. But the real way that we help each other is we share our gifts with each other, right? So if your gift is organizing, like if your gift is strategizing, like if your gift is listening, if you like think about what you're really good at, where you feel really in your zone, in your space, and then offer some of that gift to other women who maybe part of why they feel like they're struggling is because organization isn't their gift. You know, like organization is not my gift. So I've had a call with somebody when I was in total survival mode and she literally did a, a Zoom in my like pantry and helped me figure out like, how could you organize this pantry so you don't feel like a crazy person that doesn't know what to feed people? And it was massively <laughs> helpful. And in return, I, you know, helped talk her through some ways that she could actually grow her business. So there's like, I think that if you can know what your gift is, then it's easier for you to identify when you're out in a community who maybe is struggling because that's not their gift. And you can exchange gifts. And a gift exchange, when you're not talking about the physical thing, but you're talking about like the gift of what you're good at, like that can be really magical because a lot of times it's not just about Mm -hmm. like, I'm going through this hard thing and everybody has kids and businesses and it's all hard, but it's like, it's hard because I don't know how to build a project plan. You know, it's hard because I don't know how to find a place in China to, to, you know, print this Mm -hmm. thing. It's hard because I've never been interviewed on a podcast and I'm throwing up in the bathroom because I'm so nervous about Mm -hmm. it. Right. So when you can be the person Mm -hmm. that gives that, that support, that's to me, that's even more powerful than being like, you are not alone. So that's number one. And then the second one is you're not alone. (laughs) You know, the second one is after you know what your gift is, like go out and find people. And the second one isn't just you're not alone. I think it's honestly, you have to live with the phrase, which is one of my favorite phrases, which is assume positive intent. Like when you go out into the world and somebody cuts you off, 
Don't assume that they were doing it to you. You have to assume that everybody's got their own life. And just like my mom used to say, what do you think you're the center of the universe? Like get yourself out of the center lady. Cause nobody gives a crap. Right. Yeah. And that's, and I, I really honestly believe that. And not because you're nothing and you're not valued. No, no, no. Because other people have other lives, you know what I mean? And you speed up being angry at the person that, that cut you off. And then you realize they're crying because they missed their kid's recital because they had to work late or they just got in a fight with their husband or whatever it is. So when you assume positive intent, we can start going into communities. And when somebody comes and mentions to you, oh, well, just read this book because my, my son got potty trained at two. And if you just do this, then it'll work. And you sit back and you're like, what the heck? I did that and it didn't work. Like, who are you telling me I'm a bad parent? They weren't telling you you're a bad parent. They just, it worked for them. And so they think it would work for you. So when we go into a community's assuming positive intent, then we can stop feeling judged, right? Because we recognize that people aren't really judging us for the most part. I mean, you can tell when someone's just a jerk face and don't hang out with that person. But for the most part, like in both of our communities, no, people just want to be helpful. And sometimes their helpfulness pisses you off because their helpfulness this doesn't work for you, but that's okay. Yeah. Right. And then, especially in the online world, to assume that positive intent when you can't hear tone mm-hmm. is like, yes. cool. It's hard, but you yes. got to do it. Yeah. And then the third one I would say is read the five love languages and get really, really familiar with it because, you know, I have people on my team where when they do something amazing, I send somebody flowers and then the other person I mention on Facebook and then the other person, you know, mm-hmm. because someone mm-hmm. that's in active service or someone that's physical gifts or someone that, you know, wants me to mention them or, you know, those kinds of things, like knowing how people feel loved. Because if you if you go to somebody and somebody's like love language is sort of an act of service and you just go to them and your way of helping is just being like, it's okay, I'm here to support you and give you a hug and tell you you're great. And that's not really how they feel valued. But if you say, hey, I've got this one tool and I'd like to give you 10 minutes of my time because I've thought about you mm-hmm. and it's, a, it's an act of service for you to be helpful. And then that's just innately how they feel loved and that lifts them up, even though you didn't solve their problem. Like when you start really understanding the dynamic dynamics of how people work from a love language standpoint, it can be really, really helpful to making people feel connected. And that's a lot of how we base our team building on, which is just the same way as your community works. Yeah. I have like four copies of that book. I've been gifted it so many times. (laughs) I think I need to reread it. It's been a while, but we talk about it all the time of knowing the language of your people, your team, your people at your house, like all of that, because it's so crucial. Yes, I love it. Speaking of books, I hear you're launching a book here in a couple days. I am. So it's our second book. It's called Confessions of a Boss Mom, The Power in Knowing We're Not Alone. And it is, in fact, all about community and not feeling guilty about things. And there's so many stories from really amazing women in there, really to just help us feel like there's these spaces where we think we may or may not be doing things right or wrong. And we think that we're alone Mm -hmm. and we feel really isolated. And the idea is it's based around basically my mom told me one day I'd forgotten to bring my kids lunch and I was leaving for the airport. And I called the school and I was like, oh, worst mom ever. I bet nobody's ever forgot lunch. And I got off the phone and my mom was like, how snooty of you. You think you're the only mom to ever forget somebody's lunch? Like, whoa, you know, and it totally reframed my perspective. 
that idea that we isolate ourselves because I must be the only person that my kids were in the, you know, the same socks for a week. And I must only be the only person that when I go to the park, I forget their diaper bag. You know, I must be the only person that whatever it is. And the fact mm-hmm. is, is that it's a little snooty to think you're the only person. Like we all got problems just like you. You're nothing special. Yeah. Like, so stop owning yeah. your problems. Like it's the world and let your problems, <laughs> like let your problems be problems that can be solved and that are things that just happen in our lives. And while we are all different, we are all the same. And so the book is all about that and helping us get past that point so we can get to a point of growth and community and happiness, at least in the in-between moments, so that we can hopefully have happier lives so we have happier children and happier futures and happier generations. Love it. So it's on pre-sale right now and it hits store shelves July 7th, I think. July 6th or 7th. Awesome. (laughs) Go snag your copy and tell us where else people can hang out with you online. Yes, boss-mom.com is is it. Is it? And if you want to just go get the book without having to go search around boss-mom.com forward slash book, the number two. Awesome. Easy enough. Thank you so much for coming yeah, thanks on. Thanks for hanging out. This has been a blast. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.